Look up there in the sky. It's a bird, a plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Lenny. One Carl. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. Dental plan! I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. Lisa needs braces. We are the Handsome Boys <laughs> Comics Hour, your home for news, reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, and much, much more, including Simpsons references. I mean, we'd never do those. Never. We I never, never always I, do those. I never make Simpsons references. No, no. Never. Or are involved in Simpsons podcasts Mm -mm. or wrote me into it. Never. It's never happened. Never happens. This episode 186. We're getting there to our end goal, which is uh, the, 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 the last number, the highest number. We're getting there, getting closer. It's a fair, fair thing. I mean, that's, isn't that, I thought that that's my goal when we started this. We just get to the highest number and then stop. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll uh, we'll have that figured out. We can share that information with mathematicians. We're like, here, this is the highest number. This comic book co- podcast found it. You're welcome. Yeah, we've solved Fermat's last theorem about how he theorized that there was a last number. That's what it's about, right? I was gonna say the first theorem is about the first number. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that one's figured out. We got that one. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's one. Mm-hmm. Or is it zero? Oh man, it's a mystery. No, it's one. I know. It's one. Okay. I know it. Oh. We are discussing This One Summer by Mariko and Jillian Tamaki later on for Nerbo Book Club. Mm-hmm. A banned book. It's dangerous. It is dangerous. Tales of teenage adolescence. Dangerous. I read this book and I am pregnant now. Yep, that's what happens. That is what, that's what books do to you. There's a curse word in it. Now I'm in jail. Mm-hmm. I'm in curse jail. Uh, but, said duties. <laughs> yep, they said duties. <laughs> uh, before that, we can we we can do, we we have other things to talk about, including comic books that came out this week. Yeah, yeah, it's time for weekly floppies. Weekly floppies is the power show. Eric and I will review a selection of this week's books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. Mm-hmm. It's a that's a it's a binary system. I have made that joke already. Don't steal my thunder. If you think I'm not going to make a joke because it's been made before. (laughs) Well, I have made it on this podcast. You can't just be like, oh, man, I think you can't. I I see what you're doing. You cannot continue to talented Mr. Ripley me. See, now I've made your joke. We're just rehashing all of our old material. This episode. I just bought a cowboy hat, too. (laughs) (sighs) I got a cowboy a, hat and a rowboat. I thought I had half. I had half the equation done. Oh, okay. That's a reference to the movie. I'm gonna say I don't have a yeah. rowboat. No, that's he gets the they, he kills a dude in a rowboat. Okay. He takes out his he the guy he's trying to Ripley and he uh, I believe actually uh, we're, okay we're we're not gonna talk about the talent of Mr. Ripley anymore. It's not even that, I don't even like that movie that much. <laughs> uh, our first book of the week is World Reader number two. Created and written by Jeff Loveness, Art Juan Doe, Rachel Deering on Letters. Uh, 
just wanted to check back. I we I really liked the the first issue. I wanted to follow up mm-hmm. on this, and I always you know once in a while dip into a second issue on these books uh, that we read all the millions of number ones we read. I think occasionally it's good to read the number twos as well. Might as well. Might as well. I still like this. I I just I don't like this issue that much as at least not yeah, as not as much as one. It's not as interesting as the first issue, is it? It's a lot of well, this is exactly what I was imagining it going to be, and uh, I, here we are. Whenever I am never interested in when okay, there is a person who has a gift or some ability, mm-hmm. and they are clearly the protagonist of the story, yeah, and the hero, and then oh, there's a person who questions it and just gets mm-hmm. in their way for no real reason other than we want like I like this issue. This basically sets up the fact that she's on her own. She like yeah. basically splits off from the this group that she's a part of, this military expedition, I guess. And I just don't I, I find that whole like I find the practice of it in any kind of story tiring. Like it just feels like yes, of course, like the fun I don't want to see a story about someone not be able to use their powers. Like I want them to use their powers and make it interesting mm-hmm. and like like I really like the bit where she finds uh the dude who like who stayed behind on this planet from another this alien and she talks to him for a bit I, like that section of it is really good mm-hmm. and then there's another large section where she's like uh uh like military commander man uh I don't trust you uh, like yeah it, it it's 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 like arguing with the FBI agent in Die Hard. It's mm-hmm. like what, what they're, you're you're literally just here to be obnoxious. Like it, it's I don't know. It's it's tropey and it, just as tropey as the chosen one sort mm-hmm. of motif that she's going for. Um, yeah, it does. It kind of does make it a little dull. I mean, I still like all the other stuff around it, and I still mm-hmm. think I like this book in general. Like I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna continue reading it. And mm-hmm. I I like I still like the art a lot. I like the colors. I you know I'm not tired of neon green and neon pink yet. I will. I'm still cool with those those weird those weird bright bright colors. Oh yeah. I'm I like the weird alien stuff. I like I so I, I'm like I think I'm just like a, a like a mush mushy buy like a one on this one. I think like that's where I'm at. Like I was a very strong buy on that first issue. I think the second issue I'm just kind of a little bit mushier. I expect I. I really don't hope that them like chasing her becomes a plot point. I, I I imagine it will, but I really don't like it. I don't. I just want her to encounter the fun parts of the story and not. Hey, well, mm. I think that there's there's kind of like only two ways for that to go. Either they chase her and it becomes a plot point, or it's like really unimportant frame story. Yeah, that there's no reason that we needed to start with these other j- jackasses. Yeah. Even being like, I'm generic square faced guy. <laughs> I don't like you. I'm gone forever now. Bye. <laughs> yeah. He should like I show up later and apologize. <laughs> exactly. So like I, I I mean, which one of those two things is the more interesting thing? I would I, mean, pre- I would prefer the hey, yes, it's here and I don't necessarily like it, but it's out of the way forever. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Uh I think I would prefer them to interact and actually something not ordinary happens. True. You know, something that surprises me and gets weird and this is fun. That's also, I mean, that, I, I, that is a good option. I just, it's generally not the option. I don't, I, it, 
maybe like black science did it a little bit i guess when they had yeah, 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 where yeah. they had a but then it it did go weird places and stuff like that so i can't mm-hmm. i guess that is an option but i i guess that i i think that is the preferable thing but if i'm choosing between just stone-faced square square man followers follows her and stays stone-faced square yeah. man i don't want that he's, he's he's following her around and he's like she doesn't see things there's nothing happening and he's like just a complete skeptic no that's boring as hell but i don't know they go off and they get like possessed by aliens and i i have no i mean who the hell knows what's gonna happen venom shows I, up i just yeah venom does show up he becomes soldier venom are you, you... The bad guy in this is uh, Hades from uh, the Disney Hercules movie. It's James, he sounds just like James Woods. I mean, I'm not against that. Okay. I'm. I. I where. Where are you? I think this is still worth buying, but I am right there with you with your your very accurate criticisms of this book. So, are you so mush me or one two? Oh, is that what you threw out there? I thought you were just to buy. No, buy. Was not, buy with a mushy. I a, a mushy one. I don't. Okay. Uh, I guess I I mean one's not a lot of mush. I'll I will uh, I will I will be your supporter and back you up oh, on that. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that is a double buy of Mushmeter One. Our next book of the week is Street Fighter versus Darkstalkers number one, written by Ken Suchong, lines art Edwin Wong Huang Huang, colors Espin Ground Groundichern. Grundichern? Grundichern? I'm going to say that I don't think that's right. I'm almost certainly wrong. Uh, letters, yeah. Marshall Dillon. That's a much more pronounceable name for dumb white people. Yes. Uh, I saw this and I went, this looks stupid. Let's read it. it. You accurately described this book. This book is stupid and we read it. It is. St- it, is a, it is a really dumb execution of things that I like a lot. I was going to say, I, I don't. I, it's a very dumb comic book. I still like it. I enjoy it. I mean, like, I like Udon books, and I like the way that this looks, and it's like, it's got dumb cheesecake in it and Darkstalkers characters. It's stupid. Like, it... I would kind of like Street Fighter books and Darkstalkers. I, I would like them to be smarter, but whatever, this is fun. It... it it is just like it makes me groan. It's so stupid, but it is. It's it's fun, cute art, really, really great. Like on model color, um, it works. But don't don't go here looking for intellectual stimulation. No, this is not the book that's can convince you to like. Oh man, this is groundbreaking. This mm-hmm. is going to change my mind about all Street Fighter and fighting game tie in comic books. Mm-hmm. I think. I I am a like a buy like a mush meter of like three. Oh I, really? I think that just to communicate, I think this is for for this is a good version of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it is dumb fun, but it is not for I I I will not recommend this to anyone who doesn't already like one of these properties. Oh, of course not. I mean, why would you pick this up unless you're like, oh, this has boobies in it? I mean, I guess that which it does. Yes. Like, there's there is no reason for like what wh- i like there are a lot of women at the the martial arts gym i go to mm-hmm. and i don't think any of them would put on a dress like that their ass hung out of or their boobs hung out of and they wouldn't fight someone in it like they just wouldn't do it you know they would wear like a singlet or like yoga pants or 
like I mean, really, they would wear rash guard or you know something that's appropriate for jujitsu, but they're they're not. No, no one's gonna. It's insane. Well, yeah, it's so dumb. No, this is like yeah, it's that's that's the that's the kind of mindset that you have to get into that like okay, it ha- it's a place where a girl is actually going to fight a giant monster wearing a fucking like insane hooker dress like this. Like that's that I don't know. That's page one. Yes, exactly. That, that, is, that, that is, is that is your suspension of disbelief. And that right is part that's where that, it begins. That's also into the mush meter, I think. I like I'm not yeah. this is uh, uh, it is the, all the mush is basically just that is the 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 cooked in of cooked in ingredients of Street Fighter versus Dark Stalkers from Udon mm-hmm. is that's what it's gonna be. <sighs> John Talbane, the Kung Fu werewolf. Of course. Yeah. It's, it's, oh God, this is ridiculous. Um, I feel like I don't have any opinions this week. I just, (laughs) I'm going to copy you on a mush meter of three. Okay. I mean, I, 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 the more I, the more I thought about it, the more I just kind of do agree with you that like, this is a cornball thing and I'm not like, yay, I'm so excited to own this. Um, there is a, uh, um, Oh, what is what is Roboto's last name? Is he goes by his name is Robert something, but he did a variant cover that's got like all the girl versions of all the, the like gender swaps of all the characters. They're mm-hmm. all like girl versions of every character, and it's like this big huge pinup that he did. It's actually very 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 cool. I think it was for this book. So double buy Street Fighter versus Dark Stalkers number one with a mush meter three. Next up is Yokai Watch number one. Written by Eric M. Esquivel, Art Tina Francisco, Colors May Howe, Letters Krista Meisner. I am a little mad at you for making me read this. This this weird thing. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I don't know. I like, sometimes I like stretching our legs a little bit. Certainly you have. I mean, this is like, this is like a, a bad comic that kids should read. Like I would not like if a if if I had a a son or a daughter and they pick this up and they're like I want to read this, I would not discourage them from reading it. But it is a bad comic and I don't like it. Okay, do you know what Yokai watches? I do not. Okay, Yokai watches. I, I assume game. well, like I did assume that it was some kind of like kids show or i didn't know it was a video game i did see the skylanders at the end it's basically pokemon but with the yokai the the ghosts mm-hmm. i that... mean i it it does have a very like pokemon vibe to it i definitely got that and that's and so that this is just the uh, this is the the comic book adaptation of it so i was like oh we can look at it see what's like uh, i i don't i don't know if this is bad i mean i don't like it i mean i i, mm. I it's like I think for what this is, mm-hmm. it's good. But I am you, like you said. Like I think this is not an all ages book that transcends no uh, children. I, I think children who love like who love Yokai Watch, which there are Yokai Watch is a very popular video game. Is it really? Yes. I have never heard of it. Uh, it it is one of those things where you look up the numbers and you're like, wow, millions of they sold mil- it has sold millions of copies and it continue they can make sequels. There's multiple sequels of the original coming out. Um, good for them. Yes. So if kids are a fan of the Yokai Watch, I I this I'm I am almost confident that they will love this comic book. It is very colorful. It it, it tells us. I mean, it's not like a extremely complicated 
uh, thing it's doing it even has like it, it seems like it is perfectly constructed for children because it has like the little globby guy kind of like the little slimer stand in kind of giving us narration as we go he's like telling us the story of this comic book um i don't know i like the art i think it's cute no i i think that it is a very well executed thing that i don't like yes i think that's, that's... and it is it is talking directly to children mm-hmm. you know like the the characters are all looking right at you like that's a thing that that when i first started doing t-shirt art for kids like they were always like yeah they're looking right at you always got to have that eye contact it's so important but i mean I, it's a weird thing to me it it does not jive with what i want in a book and not what i would try and put in a child's hands but I feel like they're doing exactly what they need to. And, you know, I, I would not discourage a child from reading this if they were interested in it. Yeah, it is a, it, an interesting and well done thing. It's just like you said, st- you said it really perfectly that it just doesn't transcend. It's it's clearly for children. And it's one of those things that does not grow up with you. I myself is am I do not buy. Mm-hmm. However, I, I the asterisk asterisks right there. Asterisks. Asterisks right there. Kids who like Yokai Watch will like this a lot. I mm-hmm. I, I presume. But I'm a do not buy. Yeah, I think I'm exactly in the same place. It's it's really super not for me. If you have if you have younglings, you might as well you might as well give them this crap. This weird, weird crap. Um that's a double do not buy on Yokai Watch number one with the big asterisks attached to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next book is Generation X, number the big one. guy in Asterix is Obelix, man. Come on. Our next book is Generation <laughs> X, number one. <laughs> written by Christina Strain, Art Amakar Pina. Pina? Pina? There's no, there's no a- accent there, so Pina. Colors, Philippe Sobrero, Letters, Clayton Cowles. I really wanted to like this. You don't like it. I don't like it. I like it. I think I'm. I like, really do. I even recommended it to a friend. Really, okay. I like this. Why do you like? Give me, give me your pitch. Why do you like it? Well, honestly, this is kind of the way I like my X Men. You know, the art is weird. It's about. I mean, the ending is can fuck off. I don't care about <laughs> that. That's stupid. The ending can can lick a butthole. I don't give a shit. But like. You know, it's about, like, these people's, like, relationships and this new class of mutants, and it's about, it, it's framed around, like, Jubilee and Quentin Quire and uh, Kitty Pride, mm-hmm. And it makes me think of the good parts of the Morrison arc. I like it. You know, it's, it's framed around the characters that I like. It's telling, it looks like it's going to tell the kind of story that I like. I think they were just trying to end on a dramatic moment. So I, I think that the, the ending is ham-fisted and it doesn't work, but there's a lot of things going on in here. I, the, the art is weird and fun and really gives a good uh, like sense of like space, and I really like it. So I am picking up what this book is putting down. This, this works for me, and I literally, like as I was reading it, recommended it to a friend. And I'm I, I am very interested to hear why you don't like it. 
it's hard for me. I don't. I don't think like I can just pin down. I think one, the ending is bad. I, I think the ending. The ending is dumb. I think that probably is the thing that swayed me over from like this book is all right to ugh. I don't. To me, it felt like a thing that was tacked on, and I don't mean editorial as in the. You know, the editorial, like, well, we need to have tie-ins to Civil War. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mean in that sense, I don't necessarily, but as much as their editor was like, oh, well, this kind of ends on a low note, or it's just really slow, let's, we need to give that pop-ending comic book moment to get someone interested. And their heart wasn't in it, and they just sort of threw it in, yeah, you I- know? I, I don't know. The purifiers do nothing for me at this point. I mean, we are in the yeah. year 2017. I, I mean, I, I understand that <laughs> the metaphors that they've been using to tell X-Men mm-hmm. stories, uh, that uh, the, the, the real world analogs are just as explicit uh, or yeah. even more so nowadays. But I, I've read a lot of, hey, these guys, these people hate mutants. They're going to try and kill them. I'm, I've just, I've heard a lot, of, read a lot of those stories. And I like I do agree that like the relationship part of this issue is the stuff I like I I like mm-hmm. I like Quentin Choir I like Kitty Pride I like Jubilee mm-hmm. I was hoping for more of that that I I hope that that is the focus like I'm not I'm not gonna say that this book is bad and I'm never gonna read it again like I still see a lot of promise in it and I still really like I said I really want to like this so I. I'd give it more of a chance than I would a lot of X-Men books because this, you're right. It feels, this feels very X like I was 12 years old or 13 years old when generation X, the first version came out mm-hmm. with chamber and all those guys. Uh, it, I own that comic that that dumb foil comic book that is now worth mm-hmm. like five cents because a 2 billion of them got printed. Um, like it's very charming at first and then they keep adding these students that I don't know who they are and I just kind of lose focus on then there's a fight and I'm just like, I wish it was more of calm. I think I, I don't, I feel like the, I don't like all that drama just all of once, all of a sudden, like, yeah, then suddenly Quentin choir is fighting three people and then there's gooses. And I'm like, I don't know these X, like some of these X men are the mutants are new and I, or I just haven't read them before. So they're like four or five of them thrown at me all at the same time. I'm like, okay, I, I can identify three of these people. I don't know really who the other ones are, and I don't, I, 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 I don't know why I would be a little bit play a like Quentin Quire's hanging around. Like I understand, like for continuity purposes, they're not going to get rid of him because he's played such a big part in X Men comics. But as a mutant that's so powerful, I'd probably be a little bit more uh, cautious around. Like I wouldn't just like. Kitty Price is like just like yeah, clean up goose shit. I'm like, you know how many times Quentin Quire has like tried to backstab the X Men? Like, you might want to like be more careful about how you treat him. Like, it, it's like having Magneto on your team. Mm-hmm. Like, you would be like, uh, don't do that. Maybe, like, maybe I don't. I don't know. I like. I just. It feels like that drama isn't the interesting thing to me. Like, I, I'm not saying there can't be drama, but I wish it was a little bit more focused. And not just we blow up a wall and there's gooses. I I I'm like a mushy do not buy. We've done that before, right? Mm, we've said it. I think it's meaningless, though. It, well, everything we say is mean. Everything I say is meaningless. That's, for that, sure. That's true. The everything's made up and the points don't matter. Yes, exactly. Uh, I, I don't know. I 
I'm I don't I I'm a I, I would say I'm a I I'm a I don't really like this. I there's a lot of like less than half of this book I like. I would say that I really like that less than half, but the other half I don't like much at all. So I, I'm going to read more of it probably, mm. like to whatever sense that makes. That's what kind of idiot I am, where I go, I don't like a comic book, but I'm going to keep reading it. But I think there's a tremendous amount of promise here. Like when I when we read. Was it X-Men Gold? What the shit was it we read? There is blue or gold, so it's one of the two. I forget which it, one no, we exactly. read. No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Which which color did we read? I think it was gold. I think it was gold, too. The 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 weird, like, with the weird coded, like, I hate Jews message in it. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Or, um, that left me cold. You know, even apart from the controversy... It had no point of view. It was as boring and sterile and just coming out with, hey, I'm going to leave you with no impact. You're going to walk away thinking, okay, I read an X-Men comic that I'm going to forget instantly. This kind of hits enough of the right keys, you know, that Mm -hmm. it's got these characters that I'm interested in. It's introducing new X-Men in the way that the stories that I liked the best worked you know mm-hmm. so it it's doing what i want for an x-men comic and it feels good to read an x-men comic like this this is this is more the direction i want for for x-men so this is considerably better than what we've been getting so i say yay this i i, I think that maybe what you're saying it holds water but I'm willing to overlook it, you know? They've got they've got the friggin' like jelly skeleton guy wearing giant glasses and <laughs> and 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 little apocalypse is hanging out with him in the hallway. Mm-hmm. It's it's fantastic. I'm I don't know. This book makes me happy. I like it. Like I I can see what you're saying and I hope it is good. I hope that the next issues live up to my expectation of it. We'll follow it. We'll read a couple of more issues yeah. of this. Uh, you just straight up a bye? Yeah. Okay. Honestly. All right. Uh, so, sp- a split decision. Generation X number one. There's. Um, I'm. I'm. I have confused feelings about mm-hmm. everything in my life all the time. You go. You go both ways. Our next comic book <laughs> is Luke Cage number one, written by David F. Walker, Nelson Blake, the second artist, Carlos. Menes on colors, Joe Sabino letters. A uh, Luke Cage comic book that is not uh, couched in racism. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that, like, the first big scene, it felt like they were telling the writer, like, put some brother talk in there. And they're like, what are you talking about? You know, put some brother talk in there. So it was like, I'm just imagining the editor being like um, uh, John Turturro's character and do the right thing. I like this comic. Have you not seen that movie? I saw it a long time ago, and I'm. It's a great movie. I'm not. It's an excellent film. It's one of my favorites. I'm not going to argue with you. I just don't remember it well enough to really actually. I was a teenager and probably half paying attention. John Turturro is in it. Yeah, I I remember people that are in in the film. He said brother talk in it. (laughs) Okay, good. I feel I feel pretty certain about that. I didn't invent that myself. I'm not saying you did. I like this comic book. I like it after after all that thing that I'm just described is over because it I don't know it felt weird. 
I didn't notice anything. And I I guess it just felt like in the show when they would like talk in like black idioms, it felt natural because the actor was owning it. And now I'm just like I see a Disney owned company like trying to I don't know, trying to appropriate that. I, I don't know. Maybe it is more honest. The rest of it feels fine. I think that the 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 stakes are appropriately set. The story is well told. That first part just feels weird that he's like, don't start none, don't be none. I'm like, all right. I mean, I kind of, I envision Luke Cage as kind of a dork who would say something like that. No, I get that. I just, it's, I think that it's hard to put that or something like an idiom like that in a book and have it come off natural. You know, like I, I look at it and I, like there's a part of me that wants to call shenanigans on it. Um, I, I the thing about it was that the book, the thing that stands out to me in this book, it's not like I think the all the dialogue is is fine. Yeah, I don't like it's not that it's great or anything, but I don't I don't really expect I don't know I don't expect the, the the overall direction of this book is the thing that is actually exciting me, which is what the main problem I have with a lot of Luke Cage stuff is is not that like I think Luke Cage is an interesting character, but having something opposing him that is also compelling and that can mm-hmm. actually drive the action that oh, is yeah. that's the thing that has always eluded me when i'm reading luke cage stories it's very much like the most interesting thing in his book is in his books are not like it's not that what enemy he's fighting it's an, it's never that and this for once i'm like like this is an interesting idea of the person this the scientist that helped give him his powers has all these like things in his closet like skeletons in his closet things that he did on the road to to giving Luke his powers and Luke has to kind of reckon with that stuff. And I think that's an interesting idea and it's taking him out of the generic, like stop drug dealers. Like that's just not that like, that's a good place to start. And I think that's what the tel- like the television show, I think nails that concept as well as it can the Netflix show, I guess. But this is giving like giving that little ex- the, the stuff that the next Netflix show does so poorly is like the actual comic booky stuff I think mm-hmm. like that's the stuff I find the least interesting like all that like the power plays with all the the gangsters are is the really good stuff in the Netflix show and this is kind of the opposite in that it is actually going like here's some superhero-y stuff that's actually could be compelling um I think the character feels mostly right to me I you know I roll I I roll my eyes at that the don't start none, don't be none, but then I just go, oh, whatever. I think that I, I feel like Luke Cage is is that kind of like I don't think he's a cool guy. Like that I that my internal mm-hmm. conception of Luke Cage is like, yeah, he looks like he's a cool guy and they want they want you to believe that he's a cool guy. And he certainly believes he's a cool guy. I I don't think he's a cool guy. I think he just is like He's like a dad jokes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's and that's my conception of Luke Cage. So that's probably why I I, I, I definitely like that interpretation, but like I said, like it, it, it set off my shenanigans alarm when I read it. I, I, I think my only other critique is like it, the art, uh, has the, sometimes the Phil Noto thing of like emptiness. I think that just overall it feels kind of sterile. It is not bad, just a little boring. Like I would like that the, the Generation X art, I kind of like better because they're not afraid to draw it weird. Mm hmm. This, I mean, maybe this is more appropriate for superhero art. 
you know, it, it, both of them tell the story very well, I think, but I like the kind of weirdness and like the big mouths and the distortion. And I like that artist choice for that book. And I don't mind this, but I will never be like, I'm not interested in this artwork. It tells a story really well. It, it could, I don't know. I could, it would put me to sleep. No, I think it's good. It's, I, and I do think the generation yeah. X art is like, it, especially for that book, I think you need mm-hmm. something that's a little strange, a little like yes. bug eyed. And well, I mean, I, yeah, I think about, I think about, you know, your criticism of, uh, inhumans that I kind of, I kind of want my X-Men book to, to I, I don't know the thing that that those first Morrison X-Men was going for is like so so on point and so exactly what I wanted that like I don't know I want someone else to to mine that and, and then not put drug addict Magneto in the book but I, I'm just a buying Luke Cage I think this is a good good comic book it is a good comic book yes I um it works you know I might be a little soft on it um, because it does it, – it lacks a little luster, but it tells a good a good Luke Cage story. And particularly if you're like hot off of the Netflix show, good read. Looking forward to the next issues. I'd say I'm a buy with a one. Okay. Uh, so it's a double buy. Luke Cage number one. Mush meter of 0.5 decimals. Mm-hmm. Our last book of the week, uh, uh, an extra extra bonus book for us. Is Batman number twenty three, written by Tom King, uh, pencils, inks, colors, titles, and cover by Mitch Gerard's letter Clayton Cows. I think this is the best Batman story that Tom King has done yet. I think I agree with you. This is great. I mean, and I adore it. No, it's really that's why I read. I this book was originally not in our list, and then I'm I I, I yeah. I'm subscribed to it anyway. I read. It, I'm like, wow, we need we should we should look at this. Uh, and like there have been called, you look at either of uh, uh, Mitch Strads or Tom King's Twitter. Everyone's like, so when's the Swamp Thing comic coming out? When are you guys doing that Swamp Thing comic? And they were like, oh, well, we only have 60 other comic books we're going to do in the interim. So maybe after that, because the, they're working on a uh, season two of uh, mm-hmm. Sheriff of Babylon. And uh, a 12, hooray for that. Yes, that's that's very good. Uh, and 12 mm-hmm. issues of a Mr. Miracle comic, which that uh, i'm interested in that seems like a, a tom tom king writing a, a weird uh character like mr miracle i i hope that's good i expect it to be good um but yeah this is a really good comic book especially it's, a one issue story like that is it does yeah. a lot in one issue it it really does tell a pretty amazingly i, I don't want to say it's a lot of story as much as it's incredibly effective like it I did not expect to be as moved by this story as I was. I didn't. I didn't expect the punch to be quite. You, you read a Batman comic nowadays, and you're just like, "All right, he's gonna punch the Joker. They're gonna say whatever stupid shit, and it's gonna. You're gonna move on." I was not expecting this to work as well as it does. And it feels more like a Tom King comic. It feels more like those other things that we've read. It feels like Sheriff of Babylon. It feels like I don't know. It's it's got that it's got that punch that those have. You know, the vision when something just grisly happens and you're not expecting it. 
I, don't, I mean, his, his, the, the voice for Swamp Thing in this is really, I don't know. I've never been grabbed, really, by a Swamp Thing comic. I've, I've been interested in them because it is a weird concept that has a lot of weird stuff in it, inherently to it. But this is the first time I've read a Swamp Thing and, like, been really grabbed by the voice of it. Like, it feels yeah. like the thing you say, it feels like a Tom King comic. Like, that's with this, it feels very much like this weird conflicted plant man that you kind of i never really heard this kind of voice before and it really does a lot i think that's the thing i'm most impressed by in this is like i'm like wow this is like a really interesting this the dichotomy of swamp thing where he's connected to the earth and to life and then mm-hmm. suddenly he's torn because he has human feelings somewhere in there too and i don't know i think my I think my what I've said before on this Batman run is like oftentimes the things that most interest me about it are the things that other characters are doing. It is yeah. not Batman's not, and I don't. This is more of that. Like Batman is not necessarily like I. I think I don't know how much you can change Batman. Like mm-hmm. how much can Batman's you... Batman's the constant. Yeah. So like I, I think this is I really like this. I like the. I I do like the com the the three arcs of I am I am Gotham I am. I am uh, suicide. I am Bane. Like those, those three, the, they tie in at the end, and I think they are most effective if you read everything. But the most interesting characters in all of them is is Gotham Girl, is Catwoman, is you know Bane is not. It is not Batman. Batman is not. He's writing. He's writing Batman, kind of like I don't know the Sandman or something. Yeah, kind of actually. Where Morpheus changes only like subtly. Yes. You know? I, I think that's it's it is more like an ensemble piece and everyone else is yeah. like getting gets the more interesting character stuff because Batman kind of can't too much. Although maybe they, maybe he will. I don't know what the end goals of this thing uh, are, but this is a uh, I I would love to read a Tom King Swamp Thing comic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't know how <laughs> that might not be anytime soon. But just, just let him just let him write everything. It'll be fine. He can do it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a buy on this. This is like if actually if I was going to hand someone one single issue of a Batman comic that's come out in like the last ten years, this is probably the yeah. issue I'd give them. It is the best one we've probably best single one we've probably read for this podcast. I mean, I would say that the oh, who was it that worked with Man of Paul? Oh, uh, Buccioletto. Yeah, the, the Detective Comics from that was very good too. But those I, were those were I would say I would put them in the same grouping. But I think that this is this is almost head and shoulders over any of the other great books. This is truly, truly wonderful. I'm so happy to have read this. This almost makes up for Yokai. <laughs> well, I am trying to strike a, a literally zero balance. I just want you to feel yeah. the same amount of happiness and sadness. Yes, it needs just to come out feeling neutral. That's, yes, that that is. That's the fate of the universe is heat death. You want me to have that feeling of this podcast. If I don't make it, tell my wife hello. <laughs> oh, buddy. I like you. I like you too. Aw. Aw. Uh, that's our last book of the week. Uh, there'll be more comics. Always. There's always more comics. Until there's not. You always say that. That is what, no. always what I say. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's happening. Not yet. Not anytime soon, probably. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for Checking In. Checking In is the bar show. Eric and I talk about what we've been up to in a week or two since we've last recorded, what we've done or seen mm-hmm. or watched or whatever. Uh, what do you got, Eric? I 
am uh, finishing up all my stuff for Heroes Con. Um, it's a lot of work. I'm tired. <laughs> I'm really, 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 really tired. Um, really to not like, I, would, I don't know, man. I'm doing as many products as most people do over like a couple of years. I'm investing heavily in this. I'm spending all of my free time on it. I'm so beat. I guess on the positive note, though, um, I guess we'll plug it real quick. Uh, I'm, I'm, I am probably by the time you listen to this, but you can just buy it. Uh, but I'm, I have a pre-order sale right now of a sticker pack. But you can, you'll probably just get the full price by the time you listen to this because this is going off to the printers very soon. Um, but I have a, a little pin-up sticker pack that uh, that I, you can get on my store envy easygoodnight.storeenvy.com um but screen prints comic books stickers postcards too god i'm making so much junk it's just it's tiring even thinking about all the work that i've done um but i guess on a positive note i am seeing dell the funky homo sapien tonight do you know who that is yeah, it's a, that's music. That is music. I'm very impressed that you recognize that. Mm-hmm. I'm a smart boy. Yeah, you, that you are. So I am. I am seeing that human, that that Homo sapien, mm-hmm. uh, shortly after we, uh, shortly after we get off of here. Mm-hmm. Shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I'm at. Making immense amounts of art. As much as I can. So, so, so much. Have you ever have you ever laid out thirty one postcards? No, I've I've never laid out one. Mm-hmm. I I laid out thirty one postcards. That seems like a lot. I I set them up with bleed for um uh, either a single one or two up on a page. It depends on what the printer's going to want. I have to send that off to a printer and get that done. So much work. I sent, I think, 19 of my stickers out for the, the sticker printer to look at. God, just tired thinking about it. Well. It, 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 it never stops. Well, you want to tell me about, about how you sit at home and play video games all day? I do not play video games all day. I'm bombed out by I, that. I also. I got to live vicariously through you. I do other things occasionally, like podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, but, okay, I. I I'll start with I am been listening to a podcast that I would like to recommend. It's it's about wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's called the Blown Spot. It's a good. It's daily. It's a daily podcast. Comes out every day, Monday through Friday. So if you want to l- listen to a lot of talk about wrestling, uh, we we all know you do. We all know I do. Uh, it is they, it. They're not too long. They're generally like forty five minutes long. So it's not like hey, you get three hours every day. It is. You know, recaps, projections, previews of everything in wrestling. It is hosted by uh, a guy who works for Flow Slam. FlowSlam.tv is the website. It is uh, a another. It's a a wrestling streaming service that uh, hosts a lot of independent uh, streams. You know, uh, outside of the WWE, uh, Evolve, House of Hardcore, uh, Shine. There's a lot. There's a lot of them. I can't think of all of them. Those are the, some of the big names. But uh, I'm also subscribed to that, which is a good service. Um, but if it, it because it's only like 45 minutes a day and because sometimes I only half pay attention to wrestling on a daily basis to raw or SmackDown or to whatever's going on, 
I can often listen to that and they will recommend, Hey, you should watch this thing. It was good. So I don't, you know, can, I can optimize my wrestling viewing. It's very important. There was also an NXT takeover last night. It was very, very good. Who are you, uh, who are you following now in NXT? Who are you interested in? Um, in NXT right now, it, I mean, there's they are loaded with talent. I mean, they have been for a long time. But yeah, you, 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 you did say that. They have just... it. Like, there were multiple wrestlers who didn't wrestle who are some, like, the top 25 wrestlers on Earth, and they just have them mm-hmm. because they don't have any storylines for them. Um, but Aleister Black is probably the one I'm most interested in. He actually didn't have a match on the card because he's mostly... They're still building him up to a certain degree, um, but he is a really cool... Uh, cool character um i'm really excited about what they do with him he his character is basically he's a satanist <laughs> like a nice. like That's a re- important like a real like a true satanist not like the kind of spooky supernatural kind of thing they did with the undertaker but more like mm-hmm. true like humanist kind of take you know of like of and more nihilistic and kind of that kind of idea they don't say they don't ever say the word satan but that's they just basically like rounded off that. But you look at his his ring gear; it still has Satanist images on it. So it's, they super didn't, weird. They didn't do too much with it. Um, but he he's he's great. I mean, uh, Cassius Ono, former Chris Hero, he's a great wrestler. Uh, they it's hard for me not to. I mean, the female wrestling the 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 female wrestlers they have are all built up again after the they kind of after NXT got cleaned out and all those women wrestlers got moved to the main rosters. They're kind of back where they belong and they the women's tournament is gonna be this summer and it's gonna be probably really, really good. JR is gonna be calling the women's tournament tur- tournament hmm. and that will be really cool too. Uh the UK uh UK uh championship, they're gonna have their own show soon on on the WWE network, which should be really cool. Uh that was the match of the night last night was the UK championship between uh uh, Tyler Bate and Pete Dunne. Uh, that was probably my match of the year so far. Was really really good. Uh, <laughs> also, they are they did uh, spoiler if you haven't watched uh, Network, uh, haven't watched the Takeover yet. But uh, after the tag match that ended the show, uh, Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, who've been a tag team for like over a year now and are like actual real life good friends, and like are like the really are trip like i've had basically a run of like eight great tag matches that have been in takeovers over the past year or two years almost they uh tomaso champa turned on him at the very end of the show after they lost their match and most times when they split up tag teams like this i get i kind of yawn at this time i am actually super excited because there's actual like really good emotional investment between them as friends and uh, uh, the 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 betrayal just hmm. there's another layer of of like juice there, and I think their matches against each other are actually like probably going to be all be great and all be really good. Not just because of their in ring talent, which because they're really both of them are great wrestlers, but also the fact that their story is probably going to have a lot of emotional uh, strength behind it. Um, so the blown spot, flow slam wrestling. Hey, I I like wrestling. Uh, also, I've been playing, I have been playing a video game though, Eric. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like you at all. No, not like me at all. Uh, it is called The Surge. Uh, you know Dark Souls? I am familiar, yes. Yeah, uh, it's, it seems like Dark Souls was actually a really important video game because there's been like a million other games that have either just unrepentantly copied it 
or have at least taken a lot of influence from it. Uh, and the surge is not is among them. The surge is Dark Souls, except it's a like a dystopian District Nine style uh, future, like science fiction theme pasted on it instead of the kind of dark fantasy that is Dark Souls. It is you are a dude in like a mechanical suit uh, fighting insane workers in this 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 dystopic like plant or factory or something. I don't have the full story because that's kind of how Dark Souls games work and they don't really ever like they don't give you big narrative dumps. You get kind of like weird like, okay, this person this is their experience and you kinda of have to piece everything together. Um but otherwise, you know, you have bonfires, you have souls, they're just called different things. Um but it's really well done. The combat feels great. Uh it is brutally difficult at times. <laughs> uh like Dark Souls is. Uh it, it makes you hit as frustrated me multiple times. Um, but it's still it's a really good version of that. And if you want you want more Dark Souls, uh, this is a good and I like the science fiction theme inherently is more interesting to me than a dark fantasy theme. So having like it playing through like a a District Nine esque area and having that kind of that added to it instead of just being a guy in armor with a sword or an axe or something like that is more interesting. Like your, your weapons are not like actual weapons. They're like industrial equipment that you have repurposed as a weapon and you're fighting other, and like you can target limbs. Like it has like basically fatalities (laughs) where like, if you, if you need head armor upgrades, you go to an enemy with head armor, you chop off, you literally chop off their head and pick it up to get the, to get more equipment. Or or a leg or an arm or their torso, like you just chop off their leg, uh, and that's it. Adds a lot of uh, it, to to uh, the Dark Souls combat uh, formula, which after a while probably is kind of needs a little bit extra to it. Uh, besides just being tight uh, mechanically, this does that. It you can go like, well, the armor is harder to. It's harder. It takes less health off when you hit them in the armor, of course. But then you can target that armor, destroy it, and then use it to improve your upgrade your current your your current armor. And there's often there's a million different loadouts and a lot of different equipment you can upgrade multiple times. Like there's all that's all there. Um, there's a lot of little tiny details that make it different from Dark Souls, but it is make no mistake, it is a Dark Souls like game. Hmm. But I like those games, so I'm perfectly happy with that. I also want to get the the new Injustice, the Injustice Two, the new DC fighting game. I don't know why. I'm not really good at fighting games, but I <laughs> still want to get it. It is kind of fun to like fight as Batman or Wonder Woman or something. Yeah, they and they have like a very big, like the roster is really big, and they have a bunch of characters that like the Swamp Thing. Talking about Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing's in a fighting game. So mm-hmm. It's kind of it's strange. Uh, but, you know, there's Catwoman and Robin and Batgirl and Supergirl and, like, every... and uh, I wish Zatanna was in it. She's not. At least not yet. I know they're going to... They'll release more characters. Of course they will. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling, like, I just won't put enough time to it to be, like, actually a good... I'll, like, I probably can beat a computer, but I won't... If I try and fight other people, I'll get destroyed. Yeah, it's a different thing. But they added a lot of loot to it, which is another probably part of the reason I want it, because you can unlock a million different costumes for all these characters, and they all have stats and a whole bunch of huge system of like mod, modding a character and then changing their outfits, and which is probably part of the charm. I like loot. I'm a sucker. Mm. Especially aesthetic loot, which you can pay real money for if you really want to. Wink, wink. Hey, Eric, you want to spend $50 on top of the $60 game you just bought so you can have a special Batman? 
I I love special Batman. Okay, then this game is for you. But I'm mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm fighting off that I need to do more work and do less video games. Work is good, but it's gonna make me die. Well, don't do that. You should probably don't do that. That's my general advice. Don't die. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's it. That's enough. That's enough. I think you're right. That is enough. We can move on to our final segment. Segment. We end every. No, that's a different podcast. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> Whew. All right. We can we can we can rank a a Simpsons episode instead of instead of reading this one summer. I mean, it's up to you. I do that enough. Oh, I mean, it's fine. I personally, I think Homer's Odyssey, number one episode. Go to hell. <laughs> we can move on to our final segment. It is time for Nerbo Book Club. Nerbo Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I uh, read a longer collected work and discuss it like you would a book club. This week we are reading This One Summer by Mariko and Julian Tamaki. It is a winner of the Canadian Canada Council for the Arts Governor General's Literary Award. They read comics in Canada? They, uh, they actually... A lot, a lot of them do. Yeah, there's a lot of. Yeah, uh, there's like eight comic book stores in Edmonton. I think there's a lot. There's no, there's no other, uh, no other media that you can get there. Just comic book stores. Uh, but it's been notably, I, as mentioned earlier in the, in the episode, notably is on a banned list in Florida, mm-hmm. our home state. Well, my mm-hmm. home state, not Eric's home state, really. Well, it's the state I currently am you calling. Live, home. You live there now. Yes. Yes. Um. Mariko and Jillian are cousins. If you didn't cousins, know for some reason I thought they were sisters. I wanted to make sure, and I looked it up, and they're cousins. Um, I don't know. This is a this is a really I really like this. I really like this story. Thought it was thoroughly excellent. Yeah. I was so happy. I think it was so funny because I went to Drink and Draw last night, and one of my very good friends from Drink and Draw said she also read it and said I don't get it, and I'm like I hate you now. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. It's, it is, I guess it's, I don't know what, I don't, I, I don't think it's that subtle, is it? Like, I, I, maybe, I guess maybe for a young adult book, it's subtle. I don't really know, but I mean, it, I don't think it's generally like pushing a hard, hey, this is the, the lesson of this book or anything, but it is like, I really, it does give you a very broad kind of look at how people of different ages really perceive mm-hmm. the same event. And especially mm-hmm. how adolescents, how think, how e- how easily things can be confused, and how, like the thing that struck me the most was the difference between uh the just that subtle age difference in Wendy and Rose. Like so that's the thing that I think that like I really like was noticing the entire time. I don't know if that if feels intentional. Like that you know Wendy is a year and a half younger than Rose, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it feels like that very small age gap informs their experiences i didn't really read it as that were you um i mean was that just sort of how rose seemed to be more sort of drawn and intrigued to all the sexual goings on around her and wendy was was not not only that i think it's uh, that's probably an ingredient mm-hmm. um because i i I definitely recognize that she did say that, yes, this is my friend. I only see her during the summer. She's a little bit younger than me. I, I definitely recognize that that happened. Um, I don't. What, what, where does, where does that, where does that go for you? 
it's I don't know. It's not that. And again, I don't think it's super overt. I don't think like it's like hitting you over the head with that. I don't think anything in this book is actually. No, there's a there's a, a tremendous amount of subtlety in this book. Yeah, which I applaud. Generally, yeah, like, no, it's the, subtle, and I think the characters are very well thought out and feel very real, feel very alive. Like this, I think it's impossible to read this, at least for me personally and not think about this time in your life or maybe you're older maybe you're younger when you're like you're starting to like have sexual experiences or you know you're at a place and things like this are happening and like certainly like a lot of this stuff when i was away from my parents i was in situations like this i was at like a weird like summer camp or something so i don't know like that i don't know i i always like these kind of these kind of coming of age stories about about it's just a beautiful thing to me. I don't know. No, and it does a good job of not making of making all the like the adult characters are not afterthoughts in this. Yeah, they are just as important. And yeah, be, and I think it's good. I mean, it's valuable that they are important to the story because they are important to Rose Rose in particular. Like the, her experiences with her parents and it makes me think of how, like you were saying, like how I felt when I was that age and how, when your parents were arguing, you don't know what really they're arguing about. Like they're fighting and you think you understand. Yeah. But you, you can't you're cause you're still a kid and you're, you don't under, like you don't, you're dumb. Yeah. You're an idiot. Uh, yeah. You don't under, like you think you can somehow parse, uh, what your parents are fighting about because of what they say to each other, what you hear, but you haven't, you don't get your perspective is so limited. Mm-hmm. You, you just have so little knowledge about the world and their their history that you just haven't seen or you weren't you weren't alive. You don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to be a kid. It's, that's every time I read a story like this, I think I think that that's what you have to come away with. You're, you're stupid and you're, you know, it does, I don't know. You can't figure things out. Nothing makes sense. Everything's difficult. Heart goes out to these poor children. Oh my God. Yeah. And the, 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 this, this story takes place over a vacation. Mm -hmm. And like this, like is a, like I did this when I, like I would go to, I would go, we'd go to the beach and that's it, it. for a week or whatever. And this would be like, this is a, similar to my, like you had, I would meet kids and mm-hmm. we would be friends because, well, we, there's what other kids are there. Yeah. What uh, else are we going to do? So, and then, I mean, and then they're gone. They're not yep. my, then I don't talk to them anymore. There was no internet. We didn't call, we didn't exchange phone numbers. Like we didn't, I didn't talk to them after I left. They were just, Hey, they're my, my vacation friends. And then they disappeared. I did like, there were occasions where I would like meet a kid and I would like send them letters or stuff, but they never wrote back. Couldn't I couldn't get pen pals, man. Just couldn't do it. I don't and, and just this experience just makes you think about. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird. It's a vacation life. Vacation. The mm. reality of life when you're on vacation is so much different than just normal everyday life. And, and like they really do a, a good job at communicating that of like this weird altered reality, this 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 sense of like 
the pressure they put on uh, on Rose's mother. Like, go have have fun. Yeah. Go do something. Enjoy yourself. Like that. Mm, to be fair, like I mean, you know, obviously people are gonna feel what they're gonna feel. It is pretty shitty to just like fucking ruin everybody else's shit. To just sit in the middle of everyone else and be that person. Like that's pretty garbage. Well, I mean, she is is obviously going through some really terrible shit. You know, like depending on who the person is, I think having a miscarriage can really fuck someone up. Like maybe forever. Yeah. I mean, it's not even that. Like, yeah, I mean, we don't really know what her, the trauma she's, you know, kind of working through is until relatively late in the story. We don't really Mm -hmm. get that full information. Um, It's only kind of implied and hinted at. And you don't, I like it. I had definite moments where I'm like, what is, I know that, you know, something's wrong, clearly, but you don't know what it is. And I'm like, I'm, I'm wondering if it is like, is like, she, is she sick? Is Mm -hmm. she dealing with some kind of uh, mental illness? Like it's, it's very vague and they do it. I mean, the story's told purposely. So you don't really like it is, you're getting a a picture closer to, to, to Rose's perspective of like, she doesn't really get everything. She sees glimpses of her parents. Um, She doesn't really know. They don't tell her. Uh, even though th- that is actually, we find out, is a point of contention between them that she should know. Um, but it's not even that she's dealing with trauma. Like, I've been that person on a vacation where everyone's like, let's go swim. I'm like, I'm just going to sit here and read. Uh, of course, you're 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 still that guy. I am still that guy. Uh, I, you know, I just... I, I, have, I have taken you out to bars, and you're like, I'm going to sit here and frown. Well... I remember. I remember you, bro. I know you. I know your heart. You got to let love it. I think I don't think in this situation that works. Oh, okay. All right. I'm just, I, I think it's, I think that's, maybe you do. That's always my strategy. Can I, is that not work all the time? In this, in this scenario, no, you're, oh, you're, you're okay. probably the one that needs to do that. I don't, but I don't have a particular love of bars. Mm. Maybe if there's karaoke. Yeah. That's always fun. Or it's better to have a thing to do rather than just like put all the pressure on sitting around and talking to randos. Also, the the other thing I, we've wandered. Uh, <laughs> it has. I don't know. It's, it's a fine. conversation. No, it's fine. Uh, I'm just people, uh, people. People need to know how lame you are. I mean, that's. <laughs> we think they would know by now. Is it? I don't think it's taken. Has it taken this long? Uh, it's 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 not the it's it's not the uh, the forefront of our everyone's discussion anyway. That's true. It's. I think not only the like the roses a little bit more interest in sexuality. It is also, she seems, I don't know, I feel like she is, wants to be older. Like, that is part of it. I feel like she is yearning to be an older, to, yeah. to be older, while Wendy is still kind of mm-hmm. fine. She's trying to be, yeah. Fine yeah, with she's, her age. Yes. <laughs> Where, you know. I, I, I definitely, I see that. You know, she's interested in the older kids, and I think it's even her that's suggesting let's watch these these R-rated movies. Yes, the the horror yeah. movies, the the Jaws. It's mm-hmm. it's and and Wendy kind of doesn't really like them, and is it feels very much like Wendy is like, well, she's my vacation friend. I'm going to stick with her. And we're going to hang out together, even though mm-hmm. we are kind of in different places. It doesn't, yeah. but there's no one else, so that's their choice. Like they don't have any other choice, like to do anything. <laughs> like whether it's that or be alone, those are their choices. Which I think, I mean, they occasionally do spend some time apart from each other. Um, I think it's interesting, also their perspective, uh, like everyone's perspective on the the third group, the local teenagers. Like they are, 
like a large part of the story, but we really only see them through the eyes of the family, the two families. And you know, there's clear echoes of the of 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 pregnancy, mm. of, of of having kids there, of Rose's mother's struggles with her miscarriage, and then the teenagers, you know, one of them is, is pregnant and there's obvious strife uh, between them, between the sex S E C T S of mm. the the groups of teenagers. But I mean, when they first like they, I think they really do a good job of subtly introducing him. When the fa- the the dad is like, "Hey, look, the youth," <laughs> as they drive in. <laughs> I like their dad. No, he's, he's yeah, a, he's, he's a, cool a huge dork. He is a huge dork. He's a I like. Yeah, him. I know he's 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 likable. I I like his interactions with his daughter. It 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 makes me happy that he'll say something incredibly stupid to her and make her laugh. He's, it, it, there's a lot of charm in the writing. There's a lot yeah. of a lot of charm of small interactions between these characters who are very intimate with each other. Uh, that it, it feels intimate. It feels like these characters know each other very well and love each other. You know, it, it that is not an easy thing to necessarily do. And they, they it really nails that kind of idea of intimacy. I think it's 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 vital to the story. I don't think the story works unless these characters feel like they're lived in and they know each other. Like even when. I don't. Were you? Did you ever see the story where the? Did you ever see the story going to a place where the mother and Rose's mother and father don't make up? I don't know. I mean, did they? The guy did come back, but did it, I don't know. They're around the campfire together. Yeah. I it it. I don't know. It didn't seem like this was a shape to be like divorce story. Right. You know that yeah. to an extent, it's just like. I don't know. It's it's like when you pick up the ant farm and you rattle it around, and like some obvious trauma has happened and it's stressed everyone out and they're going to react like creatures that are under stress. You know, they're going to take things out on each other and they st- I I don't know. It it never felt like it would feel artificial to me to be like this is a divorce story now. Yes. I think, you know what I'm saying? No, I agree with you. I I feel like that it, I never I don't know. I think it probably is a, the the strength of storytelling that I never saw. Like that, it clearly like that part where he leaves for a, a handful of days, like four days or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt more very much like you know we are seeing Rose's perspective in that, but I never. It felt more like it is a way for us to see Rose's reaction less about uh, her mother and her father's relationship being in danger. Like I felt mm-hmm. like it's very much. I never felt like it was they were in danger of of a, being a divorce. Like it very felt much like there's and like seeing the trauma that you know the miscarriage that she encountered. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that is it. It was constructed purposefully in that way where you go, well, why would they? You know, all these things are leading up to why is there so much stress between the two? Why is there so much conflict? And what could make what? Why did she react that way when uh, the brother-in-law? Right? Are they? They're are they? There's, re- I, I get confused about those. That was her sister, right? And so that that was her sister and, and her, her sister's husband, right? Yeah, Daniel, the brother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, when she goes crazy, when he tries to drag her into the water. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Uh, yeah, well, she doesn't. Just sort of. I think goes crazy is. Well, she doesn't. Okay, she doesn't. Why am I criticizing your language? She she does kind of flip out. Yeah, she 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 resorts to she, like. Well, she, he, she reacts really strongly. Yes, well, I mean, he he does initiate the the physical contact with her, so I'm not going to blame her for for doing what she did. And honestly, after hearing what 
you know the like I don't think he's privy to that information, so I'm not like necessarily blaming him. Uh, yeah. I, like he reacts the same way that Rose does, honestly. Uh, and Rose's reaction might be even stronger because she's so close to her mother. Her like mm-hmm. screaming at her mother about why like that's a really that's probably the hardest scene in this whole book. Is yeah. When, and like it also reminded me when I was a kid and I was a shithead to my parents and yelled at mm-hmm. terrible things to them and I didn't know had no idea what I was saying. Like yeah. that's the, it's it it also like it it tells you of like how little children know about what's really going on. They think, yeah, they, they think they know, but they don't, they know nothing. No, you just like, I don't know. You have to feel all these goddamn things and you, you're not prepared to deal with it. No, you're not. It's terrible. Oh my God. It's the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking hormones in your brain isn't developed. It's, uh, we're not really meant to do anything at that age other than, I don't know, nothing. You could argue fucking kill, but that's, you know, I think for a lot of us, that's debatable. No. Um, the art. I Absolutely gorgeous. Yes, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Um, like, just like painfully gorgeous at points. Yeah, the and the, 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 the color palette. Mm-hmm. It's like this, like, just a, a bl- tones, blue tones. Yeah. It, it there's a surprising amount of nuance in in just that in a very subdued color palette. There's all- I can't tell if it's a half tone of the same blue or if it's a second plate or not. My eyes aren't good enough to tell if that's a tone or not without a magnifying glass. But I don't it- know why that interests me and 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 literally no one else on earth. <laughs> I don't. There's there's probably like there's probably a dozen of you. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking that this is a two color print, but I don't know. I don't know. It is really beautiful. No, the, the introductory scene feels like referential to Spirited Away. Well, I think that just the, the I mean that ties into the the general vacation theme of like traveling yeah. to a place and yeah. like how it's like another world. Yeah, and it's not even this is not supernatural whatsoever. There is no fantasy elements in this. Um, but. It that feels that way when you're a child. It feels like this is you go to on vacation for a week with your and then you're like this place is it does not obey the same laws, the same rules of normal reality. Like you're not going to school. Uh, all your lunch, your your meal schedule is completely different. You don't eat the same things because you're not cooking. Generally, you're always ordering out or going to a restaurant or something. You know, like you're normally as a kid, your day is scheduled for you in a lot of ways. And in when you're on vacation, it's a little looser and like that communicates that entire feel. Um, and like the art is, feels very ethereal to me. It feels very kind of like, mm-hmm. despite the fact there are no real fantasy elements in the story itself, the art itself feels, it communicates the idea of fantasy of, of that otherworldliness because they're on vacation. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that I get, fantasy but it does kind of it to me i get that feeling of i mean you, you, it, it's hard to look at it and you like i feel that like that breeze that summer breeze i feel like all those memories you know i feel uh that like time slowing down and like just that sort of weird boredom of like being in that place you know what i mean no i agree and i think but i think like the the things i'm talking about are like when yeah. those Whenever it breaks away from the smaller panels, whenever you get full pages mm-hmm. of of the girls dancing to that music, or the 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 very moment when um, Rose's mother drops that dish, yeah, it breaks like it seems like there's these moments that it that uh, that she captures with the art that f- feel 
like, you know, either diluting time or uh, focusing on these these things that are in this place that aren't ostensibly where are like the water when they're underwater and looking and looking up into the sun or the the, the amount of stars you can see on the beach it's it the these things seem fantastical uh because you don't theoretically have access to them in normal life and when you encounter them once a year like even in uh when the mother talks about they were she didn't want to go there when she was a kid to when it was winter. She didn't want to see this place when it was winter time because it would be different. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same place she has in her mind. I don't know. The, 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 the use of, the, of shadow and mood and, and the, the, I don't know. I, the, the, the art is absolutely beautiful and I t- tells the story super well. The facial expressions are great. Um, I don't know. Even kind of the <laughs> you you said spirit away, and then I looked at the grandmother, and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh no, man. she is one hundred thousand percent a Miyazaki character. She does seem like it. Yeah. yeah, she's a Miyazaki character. I really, I wish she actually had a little bit more because I really like her. Yeah, no, she's fucking funny. <laughs> Just crabby old lady. Yeah, it, it definitely. It it definitely uh, yeah. In her in her big yeah. hat, I, in her, mm-hmm. they go to that history museum and the living history museum, and she's wearing that big hat. And she's like she's fed up with everything and doesn't want to be there. And she's kind of like the kids, actually, in a certain way. Yeah, the, the kids don't really want to be there either. Probably be I'd probably I'd probably be happy to go to one of those places. I'd be like, oh, cool, candle making. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, it's weird how things look different when you're older. Did you have a sense I'd of probably uh, huh? Oh, so do you have a sense of where this is? Uh no. I mean it's a a beach and I guess it could literally be anywhere. I mean I would assume that it's somewhere on the east coast, you know? Then it's like, you know, they're in a state where they're driving a couple of hours and getting to a beach. Well, I know it is in it is in Canada. Oh, okay. It's in Ontario. Okay. Owago Beach is a real place, apparently. Okay. Which makes sense because they they grew up in. They're both Canadian, so. Yeah, I just I I suppose I just look at everything through that American lens. It's hard not to. Everyone no, does it really it. is. Everyone does no. through their own. Yeah. Frame of reference. Yeah, well, I mean we can't not do it. I think. I don't know. It it, it really communicates age mm. in a really powerful way in a way that is is that i think like i can't i can like i've read other stories about kids like people on vacation and felt uh interested in like felt the same kind of sense of of weird realities before um but it really the differences in age and the fact that we see all these different age groups all interacting each with each other in this very weird uh, you know, weird reality we get when we're on, like, on vacation, and the, these, especially the fact that Rose and then and then Wendy are like the main characters, seeing them react to the teenagers' actions, to the adults' actions, and seeing all this from a distant perspective, and I don't know, the the fact that this was banned, um, from for because it had curse words in it. And yeah, like it's is it's a, like nonsensical to me, like because everyone like this feels like a, 
a perfect book for a teenager to read or young adult, whatever age group you preteen, like even then, like I, I, if I yeah. was, I, I would give this, I don't, again, I was, my parents were like, yeah, who cares? Curse words. Fine. Just don't say them at school. Uh, yeah. That, I mean, I was reading stuff like that was way worse than this when I was this age. So mm -hmm. I don't, I, I think this is great. This is a, a book for anyone. First of all, you, anyone on earth could read this comic and like it communicates a sense of, of adolescence and wonder, but kids in particular, I would like young teen, young teenagers or preteens. Like yeah. this is a great book for them. Banned books are stupid. Banning books is stupid. Banned books are great. Well, you know what I mean? It it's it's dumb. It's a, a dumb idea. And I the fact I, like I was expecting, I kept reading this and kept like waiting for the thing. That I'm like, oh, that's why. And then it never got there. And I'm like, what? There nothing happened. That that was bad. That bad. Like there there is scenes of heavy emotional like weight. But that's always that that doesn't curse words. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Oh no words. Especially in something so well crafted as this. It's not no, like... it really is stupid. It's like it's like those idiots that uh, burned copies of uh, what was it Fahrenheit four fifty one because they were burning the Bible in the book. It's like not even throwing the baby out with the bathwater. It's just like, are you really that friggin' dumb? Completely missing. Yeah, the entire point like, of anything. It's like, what is your problem? You are so stupid. Oh. I don't know. This is a great book. I'm so happy I reread this. I know. I could not have been happier. I thought it was delightful. I I struggle to find anything bad to say about it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't really think I have any criticism of it. Well, this is the same. No, it's not the same team, but it's the same writer. Um, I don't know if you remembered the name or not, but she stuck out to me. Um, uh, Mariko Tamaki was the writer of Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really obvious. I mean, I, I kind of, that was my sense in reading Hulk, that it wasn't badly written, but she was really wrong for the character. But I don't think you want to tell a subtle and vulnerable story about Jennifer Walters and the She-Hulk. But this is pitch perfect. I can't, yeah, I don't, I can't. Like, I'm struggling. Like, what would a thing I would... I never really was going like, oh, I don't like that. Or that seems... Like, it feels like every step along the way, there are pur purposeful or arthurial choices. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like there's any... A there's never a misstep. I feel like it really communicates everything it's going for. It it has... Uh, it, it reach meets its grasp. Yeah. Do you think Wendy is a lesbian? will be a lesbian i don't know i was wondering if that was a thing that you were um no i didn't no, i didn't see that i didn't really think about it i thought she seemed just more like she knows like there's a an age where you're like you know what sex you kind of know what sex is but you're not really necessarily does you not necessarily want it or even think you want it and like that's where i thought she was where she was just like she's hit like a she's you know kind of there but not really and like i feel like that's the difference like in at least in their sex their sexual development like i feel like rose is a little bit further in that she's still obviously a child so she really doesn't know but i think that that was the fundamental difference between the two i don't i didn't read into like 
I don't. I it felt more like just disinterest in general from. Uh, I don't. Did, did they mention? Didn't they mention Wendy? Like had a or was that Rose as well? I thought Wendy had a crush mm-hmm. on some boy. No, I. Um... I got a strong vibe, and maybe I was reading that into it because I thought this was going to be about like a little summer romance between two girls. I thought that was why it was banned. So maybe I'm reading that into it, but like it could just be the youth thing. But I read it as um, as as Wendy was very interested in uh, in Rose, and Rose was I don't know. I think you could probably read it either way, but. I definitely kind of got a feeling that uh, she was into girls or would be. Um, I don't know. I don't really have anything other than note and say this is a very good book, and you probably should read. It. You haven't, if you haven't already, you should go find it. Get yourself a copy. It's tremendous. All right, so folks, that was this one summer by Mariko and Julian Smarky. Uh, next, well, actually, not next week. Two weeks from two weeks from today, two weeks time, we'll be reading the Jewish Contract from Teen Titans of the eighties, uh, four issue series. Um, I think you might collect it, but we got it on Comixology during a sale. But uh, read along with us. We'll be discussing that in two weeks' time. Uh, We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at HandsomeBoysComicsHour.com. Our Facebook, Facebook.com slash HandsomeBoysComicsHour. Twitter at HBC Hour. Uh, You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on all the podcast apps, on Apple Podcasts, excuse me. Please give us a five-star review. Subscribe. All those things really do help us out. I do really appreciate anyone who takes the time to do so. You can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Um, I think that's it. Eric. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? What a super good question. Freewillunlimited.com. And you can also see my other stuff by going to ericzgoodnight.com. I'm jumping the gun on the second part there. And that includes uh, my Twitter and my Instagram, where I'm known on both as Easy Goodnight. Badow. Mm-hmm. With that, we'll call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.